Thanks for tuning in to Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. I'm Monica Gibbs, the worship leader here at our Rolling Hills Community Church Nashville campus. We're so glad that you've joined us today. Also hear today's sermon, several stories of Thanksgiving that highlight all God has done in and through several members of our church family. So you can turn in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 23. We are finishing strong here. Uh, You may have picked up one of these race placards like I did last week about finish strong. If not, you can do that in the back just like Joel had said as we are embarking on one year commitment and campaign here to finish strong in that. And we are here finishing strong at the end of the book of Joshua. Joshua's final words, which are so significant. The successor of Moses has these final words to say. And in chapter 23, beginning here in verse uh, 1 and 2, here's what he has to say. After a long time had passed and the Lord had given Israel rest from all their enemies around them, Joshua, then a very old man, summoned all Israel, their elders, leaders, judges, and officials, and said to them, I'm very old. What a way to start a message, right? I'm very old. And it gets even better. In verse 14, he says, now I'm about to go the way of all the earth. He says, I'm very old and I'm about to die. I wonder if you got an amen from one of the leaders, right? Amen. Amen. No. This would really perk up their interest. This would speak volumes to them. We're talking about the successor of Moses is saying, I'm not with you much longer. I'm going to be with the Lord. Hear what I have to say. And he's going to instruct them and he's going to encourage them that they too, the work's not done and they need to finish strong. They need to finish strong by thanking God and by worshiping God and serving God. Let's look at thanking God here in verse 14, which I read just the first portion of it out of 23. Now I'm about to go the way of all the earth. You know... With all your heart and soul, that not one of all the good promises the Lord your God gave you has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled. Not one has failed. Joshua reminds them that God truly is good. God keeps his promises. Not a single promise has failed. They now have the land they occupy. They now at rest from war and they are in this land. Yet there's still work to be done and they should exactly absolutely thank God. We should be very grateful and thankful for God, for all that God has done. A life of gratitude remembers the mighty works of God. We need to be a people who remember the mighty works of God as we are thanking God finishing strong in life. And we need to see, see God working in the present and we trust God with the future. A life of gratitude remembers the mighty works of God, sees God working in the present and trusts God with the future past, present, and into the future. Y'all can fill in the blanks there. So what remembrance, what mighty works of God have you experienced in your life? What are you thankful for? What could you, if if we could pass the mic, we don't have time for that, what would you be thankful for? Maybe the, the gift of children. The gift of children after years and years of infertility through a pregnancy or through the gift of adoption. That's part of God's mighty God story for Casey and I in our lives. What about the gift of a restored relationship that there was just no way that was going to be restored? What about the gift of salvation for someone you've been praying, a loved one like a son or a daughter that the Lord has saved? What about we have in this room like 5, 10, 15 years of sobriety and thankful for that, thankful for cancer and remission, thankful for a timely medical exam that saved your or a loved one's life. Mighty, mighty works of God. What about here? Three churches became one in a really short period of time. Praise God. That is a mighty work of God and what God is doing right now into the future with us. 
And it's easy to focus on those mighty works of God, but God is just as at work in those mighty moments as he is in the ordinary, day-by-day, daily moments. We should be thankful truly for our daily bread. We should be thankful that we even woke up today, like hit that knee right. Thank God I woke up another day. My heart's beating. I'm breathing. Why? Because of you. Because of you. May I serve you. I am grateful for that, O Lord God. For me and for most of us, I think it's easy to look back at those mighty works of God, maybe always to trust God, I hope, with the future, but can be difficult to see God working right now, especially in 2020. Difficult to see God at work in this moment. What is God teaching you? What story is God writing through your life? What has God taken from you but yet given you in this season? Possibly God has taught you what truly is valuable, like the value of toilet paper, you know, very valuable, maybe something like that at this moment. Are you learning to be more dependent on him? Are you learning to trust him with your daily bread? Maybe you're now realizing for the first time, what is your daily bread? What are really the essentials and maybe what are the the non-essentials and trust him with that. Focus on the fewer and more valuable relationships, the relationship with your family, the relationship with your close friends. God's writing a mighty good story right at this moment. And I hope everyone here has experienced the mightiest mighty God story, past, present, and beyond the future for all of eternity. Ephesians 1, 7 through 8. In him, that is in Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, The forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. In Jesus, when you turn away from trusting in anything else, especially yourself, especially trusting some false God, and you turn and trust in Jesus, you're redeemed. You're transferred, brought out of a kingdom of darkness, and now you are a son or daughter of the one true king, all because of Jesus. All because Jesus living the life you could never live, dying the death you deserve to die, and rising again to prove it is all true. You trust in Jesus and the gospel in that. And then you have the forgiveness of sins. They are wiped away. They are cast into the depths of the sea. They are forgotten past present sins and future sins because of Jesus, all because of Jesus. Nothing you did, you trust, you walk, you believe in, and you live in Jesus and his righteousness. And this is definitely just the tip of the iceberg. You can't measure the riches of God's grace. They're immeasurable. They keep on being lavished upon you for all of eternity, all because of Jesus. That is the mightiest God story. I hope you've experienced that. If not, you can turn away and trust in, turn towards Jesus. Joshua says also, to finish strong in life, we're to thank God. Thank God all the time, and we are to worship God. You're going to see about worshiping here in verses 6 through 11. I'm going to do verse 6 first out of chapter 23. His final words, be very strong. Be careful to obey all that is written in the book of the law of Moses without turning aside to the right or to the left. This is to walk. This is to worship God. You are to obey God's word. Worshiping God involves obeying God's word. You go the way of the Lord, his path. You don't go to the right, you go to the left. You don't go your way, you don't go the way of the world. You go God's way, right? Because your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You follow God's will, God's way. However, we live in a time of instantaneous access to God's word. 
I've got two apps on my phone, right? I have a web browser on my phone. I can pull up any verse of the Bible, commentaries, Bible dictionaries, devotionals. Uh, of course, I have it in print here. We have instantaneous access to God's word, but many believers are too busy to read it. It's hard to obey God's word if you don't read God's word. It's hard to obey it if you don't read God's word. How do you know the right path if you don't know the path by reading of God's word? We worship God by obeying his word and avoiding that which would separate us from God. Verses 7 through 8, Joshua says, Do not associate with these nations that remain among you. Do not invoke the names of their gods or swear by them. You must not serve them or bow down to them. But you are to hold fast to the Lord your God as you have until now. Israel was to avoid closely associating with the remaining nations. Because if they got close with them, they would be tempted to go worship the false gods that those nations bowed down to and served and worshiped. He's saying to not be close with those who would separate, but hold fast to the Lord your God. The root word of that word, hold fast, is actually a soldering process. Soldering like two metals being joined together through the process of soldering to hold fast. Those metals would not be easily to separate. Nothing can get in between those metals once when they're soldered together. That's how close we are to be with the Lord, soldered with the Lord, not easily separated, nothing, nothing getting in between you and your relationship with the one true God. You hold fast also, you are bonded, you cling to, you hold fast to that which provides safety. You hold fast to that which provides security. You hold fast to that which is proven to be true. You hold fast to that which is trustworthy. Hold fast the Lord your God. And in order to avoid idolatry, in order to avoid false worship, be careful who you have close relationships with. It would be unwise to continue to be unequally yoked with somebody that you may believe that you want to marry you're in love with. It would be wiser to be close with the friend, close with the family member who would push you towards being close to God and you do the same. Hold fast to the Lord your God. We worship God by obeying his word, avoiding which would separate him. And ultimately, this all leads to these powerful truths here in verses 9 through 10 here to love God, loving God. Verses 9 through 10, The Lord has driven out before you great and powerful nations. To this day, no one's been able to withstand you. One of you routes a thousand because the Lord your God fights for you, just as he promised. So be very careful to love the Lord, your God. Israel didn't win the battles. God did. They walked with. They trusted God. Going forward strong in faith, God will continue to win those battles when they worship God. They walk in God's ways when they are close to God. And he says here at verse 11, so be very careful to love the Lord, your God. Love the Lord, your God. Is there an echo there? Does that remind you of something? Some scriptures, very famous verses out of Deuteronomy 6. Hear, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. I love that video that we had earlier of Ron Carr and his son Evan, right? Ron, obviously... His son Evan, like he said, he saw his dad in God's word. 
Evan was instructed by his dad by, through the word and seeing his dad serving of the Lord, it made a lasting impression on Evan when he was hearing of this and it was impressed upon Evan, uh, Ron's child. And he said that his dad was not just a believer, but a believable believer. Believable believer. I hope that's true of all of us. Love the Lord your God with your whole self, heart, soul, mind, strength, everything that you are. And this is not loving a harsh God. This is loving God who loved you first. Response to God's love. Response to God's never giving up always and forever covenantal love for you. That is the love that you trust with your whole self and your whole being. And our last point, to finish strong in life, we're to serve God. We're to serve God, verses 24. I mean, chapter 24, beginning with verse 14. We're to kind of walk through this and serve, serve God, serve him, serve the Lord. Service is throughout all the rest of the remaining final words of Joshua here. Joshua is going to be challenging, challenging Israel here with these final words. Verses 14 through 15. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Probably the most famous verses right there at the end of Joshua. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Joshua is leading them courageously, boldly, as he's finishing strong on his walk on earth when he's about to be called home to be with the Lord. He challenges Israel, throw away the idols. He knows they're there. He knows they're on their bookshelves. He knows they're in their closets. He knows they're collecting dust. They've held onto these trinkets. He's saying, throw them away and serve the Lord. And he's not taking a vote. He's not taking a poll. He's not saying, let's decide which God we want to serve. He knows which God he's going to serve, the one true God, the maker of all things. There's no idols in his household. He's going to lead courageously and say, I'm serving the Lord, and encourages them to do the same. This is the response to God's redemption and freedom and forgiveness and love. He's going to serve the Lord. Joshua led by example. And how do the people respond? Verse 16 through 18. Then the people answered, Far be it from us to forsake the Lord to serve other gods. It was the Lord our God himself who brought us up and our parents up out of Egypt from that land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. He protected us. On our entire journey and among all the nations through which we traveled. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites who lived in the land. We too will serve the Lord because he is our God. They know from the stories, they experienced, they were freed from forced slavery. They are now free to become servants of God. And they choose to serve the Lord your God. And that's what they tell Joshua. And now we have... Probably one of the most shocking statements in all of Scripture. I would expect Joshua, after hearing them say, we too will serve the Lord because he is our God, you would think the leader would say, praise God. Or say, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Or maybe say a prayer, a praise or thanks for them with their response because they are responding like he's pleading with them to respond. And he says this in verses 19 through 20. Joshua said to the people, you are not able to serve the Lord. 
He's a holy God. He's a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, he will turn and bring disaster on you and make an end of you after he has been good to you. After he's been so good to you. On their own power, they can't serve God. And he knows this. And if they continue to hold on to those idols, which apparently they are, that even though they're collecting dust, if they hold on to those, they will trip them up. And they're holding on to those. God must stay true to his nature. God cannot be less holy. God cannot be less loving, which is what his jealousy comes out of. His covenantal special affection for his chosen people he loves dearly. This would be like a wife whose husband starts to go see and, and, and spend time with another woman. Yes, rightly she should be jealous that's coming out of her love. God is not going to share us with a false god or with any idolatry in our lives. And almost as equally shocking as how the people respond to Joshua in verse 21. But the people said to Joshua, no, we will serve the Lord. No, Joshua, you're wrong. No, Joshua, you're not telling the truth. We will serve the Lord. And at that, Joshua continues here. Then Joshua said, you are witnesses against yourselves that you've chosen to serve the Lord. Yes, we are witnesses, they replied. Now then, said Joshua, one more final appeal. Throw away the foreign gods that are among you and yield your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord our God and obey him. On that day, Joshua made a covenant for the people. And there at Shechem, he reaffirmed for them decrees and laws. They are at Shechem when they're making this covenant. And that is huge. Shechem is when Abram, when he first, he came to Shechem first when God spoke to him and said, Look, this is the land that I'll give to you and your descendants. This is the promised land. It is at Shechem. It is at Shechem when Abraham's grandson Jacob, when he's returning to the promised land, he has his family with him. It's at Shechem they bury the idols under a large oak tree so they can go serve the Lord in purity in the promised land. And it's at Shechem. It's at Shechem here. Apparently Israel at Shechem gave a lip service, but they held on to the idols. They held on to the other deities. Service must accompany repentance and faith. And this all led to some of the saddest verses in all of Scripture. If you have your Bible, or just kind of go on to Judges chapter 2 briefly in verse 10. After that whole generation, the generation that said, No, you're wrong, Joshua. We will serve the Lord our God. But those idols, they, they were there kind of like little keepsakes on that bookshelf. Those idols that maybe if the harvest wasn't going so well, the rain wasn't, they kind of dabbled in it. They would turn to the God of supposed fertility or rain just to kind of hedge their bets a little bit. After that generation had been gathered to their ancestors, another generation, their children, their grandchildren after them grew up who neither knew the Lord, they did not have a relationship with God nor what he had done for Israel. They did not know the mighty God stories and how they are freed from slavery and given this land. 
They didn't know the Lord, the God, or his mighty stories. Then the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and they served the Baals. They dusted off those idols. They forsook the Lord, the God of their ancestors who had brought them out of Egypt. They followed and worshipped various gods of the peoples around them. They aroused the Lord's anger, his holiness, and his jelliness out of his covenantal love for his chosen people. Rolling hills, to finish strong in life, yes, we need to thank God. We need to worship God. We need to serve God. But first, we must bury the idols. We have to bury the idols. Put to death that which is dead and serve the living God. Put to death anything that tries to take your devotion, your reverence from God. Put to death the idol of self. Bury the idol of comfort. Burn the idol of materialism. Throw away the idol of entertainment. Turn away from idols and turn towards God. And you can only do that by God's grace and with his power through trusting in God and the gospel. You can only put the idols to death by the grace of God. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It's the gift of God, not by works. You are saved through Jesus' faithfulness. You are saved by God giving you the faith and trust in Jesus' faithfulness. Jesus did it all for you. And through Jesus, you had the power of the Holy Spirit within you and the church around you to help you put to death the old self and bury continuously, turn away from those idols that creep up, especially with the culture around us. Only by that, so that no one may boast but accept boast in Jesus, for we are God's handiwork. You're God's masterpieces. You're God's masterworks to display his goodness and his greatness to the world. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. This is all, all, all from God. Let us pray. Lord God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your word being true. Thank you, Lord, that. We can thank you. Thank you that we can worship you. Thank you that we can serve you. Thank you that we can finish strong all because of Jesus, Lord. Help us to always turn away from self, turn away from the idols, and continue to trust in you and to worship you and to be those masterpieces, that representative of you, as we gather together and encourage one another and we go into a life of mission as we leave this place. In Jesus of Nazareth, the one only Christ name we pray and who we trust in. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to learn more about what's going on in the life of Rolling Hills, download our Rolling Hills app or visit our website at rollinghills.church. From there, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook to stay up to date on what's happening and ways you can connect. We're thankful for you.